and prove it. Peeps, today's episode is going to blow your mind. Truly, I just met, I say this about a lot of guests, but truly Tanya and I could have talked for probably seven, eight hours. I just absolutely adore her. I adore the work that she is putting out into the world. And I know you are going to do the same. So let me tell you how Tanya Dessa is improving it as a diverse professional in the corporate world. She was often the only woman, youngest, only minority professional on many teams. So she is passionate about empowering others to create voice and visibility for themselves. That's why her company, Dessa Global Leadership, was founded on this. It's not just a company, it's a global mission. Now, Tanya draws from intercultural experiences of traveling to over 80 countries, including studying and working in Australia, Japan, Hungary, Spain, China, and Switzerland. And she is professionally trained coach, or she is a professionally trained coach from the Coaches Training Institute. She holds an international MBA from top 25 MBA school, Essayed in Spain, and Peking University in China. So cool. Tanya has thrived in corporate sales and marketing management roles at Pfizer, GlaxoSmithKline, Medtronic, Echo Lab, Johnson & Johnson, and has led strategic discussions at the World Health Organization in Switzerland. She also leads an employee resource group, Leadership Council, whereby Fortune 500 companies engage in quarterly diversity roundtables in Toronto. She likes to bring personal stories and best practices into all keynotes, trainings, program development, and every client consultation, because after all, sharing is caring. Now, Tanya's TED Talk summarizes her personal mission to empower professionals to be seen and heard, something you know we like a lot around here. As a global force in creating more inclusion, belonging, and diversity in Fortune 500 environments, Tanya was voted one of top 100 diversity executives in 2017 by Diversity MBA and one of the top 101 global diversity and inclusion leaders by HRD Congress in 2019. We're going to place the link to her awesome TED Talk, her TEDx Talk, I should say, How to Save Your Life in 60 Seconds in the show notes. This conversation all about the power of owning your value is so incredible. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you in on this incredible conversation with Tanya Dessa. Hi, new friend. I'm Erin Deal, business improv edutainer, fail fluencer, and keynote speaker who is ready to help you improve your it. It being the thing that makes you, you. So think of me as your keeping it real professional development bestie who is here to help you develop yourself into the best version of you possible. So you can develop your team and lead with intentionality, transparency, and authenticity. Oh, and did I mention we're improving your it through play? That's right. I'm an improvisational comedy expert who uses experiential learning to help you have your aha moments. Those are the moments when the light bulb goes off and you're laughing at the same time. So grab your chicken hat, your notebook, and your inner child because I'm going to take you on a journey that is both fun and transformative. Welcome to the Improve It Podcast. Hello. 
Okay, Tanya, welcome to the Improve It podcast. I am, I'm giddy. I'm giddy. I'm like a kid in a candy shop. I'm like, give me this goodness. I need the sweet. I need the goods today from you. And we've just been chatting pre-show. And I'm already so thrilled for what you're going to bring to our audience. So welcome. Thank you so much, Erin. I am pumped to be here with you. Love your show. Love the energy. And can't wait for us to, to dive in. Me too. Okay. So I like to set an intention on the upfront. Just one word that you want to receive or give today during our time together? Hmm. Intention. I want to set up the intention of freedom. Freedom. Freedom to be myself. Freedom for everyone to be themselves a little bit more every single day. That I feel, and I'm ready for that. And I feel like the work that you do is so transformative your company, DESA, Global Leadership, it inspires women and other re- underrepresented minorities to find their voice and visibility in the corporate world. And we have so many corporate leaders who listen to this show and you do that. So they're more engaged and they get promoted. So, okay, if you could give us the log line, you know how a movie has a log line and it's like, this is the highlight of this movie. Can you give us the log line of how you created DESA with this fantastic mission and purpose? How, how did this come to be? Oh, the log line. Okay. Well, it, it came from my own personal journey, to be very honest, right? It came from struggling and covering in the corporate environment, feeling like I needed to be someone else or be who people I think expected me to be, and then realizing that that wasn't working and it was exhausting. Realizing that when I kind of hit the unmute button and gave myself that permission and that freedom to be more of me, big eyes, big teeth coming out at you. (laughs) And they're beautiful, right? Everything got better. And at my outcomes, my relationships, my connections, um, you know, the, my progression, my career advancement, Everything got better. So now we are on this mission to help um, women, and as you mentioned, you know, underrepresented minorities, to live out loud more, to own their story, own their diversity, own their awesomeness, so that they can achieve, um, you know, bigger and better, and so that we're seeing more women and underrepresented minorities in executive levels of workplaces. Yes. Oh my God. I love that you said hit that unmute button. And that just, that hit, that hit me. I was like, yes. And I just love that you also incorporated your intention of freedom in there too. Like what a story, what a log line, because it brings us full circle. I feel so grateful to have you on this show because this is truly so aligned with my own personal mission the mission of the show, the mission of our company as well, improve it. So one of the things that we truly believe using improv as a teaching tool is that it helps others feel this feeling that you're trying to help underrepresented minorities and women find this feeling of being seen, heard, and valued. So what would you say is the number one reason helping 
this population find their voice matters. Why? Why this? Obviously, I know because we are living a personal experience, but what's what's like the main driving force behind it? Because when we can do this ourselves, and like when I did this, I noticed that I automatically kind of accidentally gave permission for others to do the same. So that, you know, when we uncover, when we hit unmute, when we can show up and be, you know, maybe a little challenging in that team meeting or a little enthusiastic, more enthusiastic about an idea or, you know, be more inclusive to that, that newbie in the room or the most junior person on the team. When we can bring more of that and bring more of ourselves in, we actually role model and we somehow give permission for other people to show up as big and bright as they want to be as well. And I think we need more of that today. Honestly, I think we need more people just living out loud more in order to inspire others. And then there's this, it's almost like you throw a pebble into the lake. Like we live by this huge, beautiful Lake Ontario and you drop a pebble in and there's this ripple, the ripples that go out, right? That's why it's important. It just takes one person to create a ripple. I love this so much. And I love the idea of like when you said the word permission, I thought of a physical permission slip like you used to get at school. I feel like you need to come to meetings and just have permission slips and hand them out to people. Okay, here's your permission slip. Here's your permission slip intern. Here's your permission slip. Speak up, which I think is so important to this audience and this podcast specifically this month. So the show is coming out in February. Our theme, our intention for this month is all about self-love and you help people find their truest, most authentic selves. So if someone was to ask you today, what would be the first thing they could do to start their self-love journey? What would that one thing be? Discover your your secret sauce, your strength. Mm. Right? We all have something that makes us truly unique. Um, you know, it could be your quant skills. It could be the fact that you listen, you're an introvert and you have this incredible ability to listen and see what's not being said, right? Um, it could be the passion and enthusiasm, whatever it is, discover that unique secret sauce that makes you different from the colleague sitting beside you. Because when you can discover it, then you can own it. And then it's about showcasing it. Um, yes. But I think so many people wonder how do I do that? I have some ideas too on how they can. Ooh, yeah, I want those. T- tell me that. Yeah. Tell me that. How do I, how do I find the secret sauce? Because I want to pour it on everything. Okay. How do we do that? Let's pour it on everything. Everything. <laughs> so, okay. A really easy exercise. One thing that I love to do every year is think of 10 people in your life. Okay. Think of five people in your professional life, your boss your colleagues, suppliers you have a great relationship with, their clients you have a great relationship with, mentors, mentees. Think of five people who know you well. And then think of five people in your personal life, your partner, your kids, if you're courageous enough, your best friends, your siblings, your parents, the people you go to Zumba class with, the play hockey with, their people who are in wine club with you, right? Uh, people who know and love you. <laughs> yes, all things I, all, except the hockey, all things I love. Yes, wine club yeah. is a yes. I need to get that in my life. Okay, keep going, keep going. Hockey, my Canadian is showing. Um, I love it. 
<laughs> so think is you got 10 people now. Send them a text, send them an email and ask them one question. What three words describe me best? And I guarantee you, they will all respond, first of all, and they will do it quicker than you could even imagine. But the words, the stories, the examples that they give you, they're going to light you up and they'll be giving you your strengths. They'll be articulating your strengths back to you. So this is the unique value that you bring to their lives. And you're going to want to keep this list. You're just going to want to keep it on a post-it, put it as a wallpaper on your iPhone. Yes. Because this is just a reminder of the awesomeness that you bring to the world and the people around you. Oh, my God. It's your recipe for your secret sauce. It is. It is. And you'll be noticing trends too, right? Like these words will come up again and again. And then you see it, you hear it from the people who know you well. And then you, you believe it a little bit more. And then that, that is what you bring into work every day. That's what you kind of turn up the volume on. You bring more of it and you'll start to see amazing things happen in your career and to the people around you. I love that so much, Danielle. Like I, tr- it's kind of, <laughs> you know, one of those exercises, I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner, like super personal, professional development nerd, nerd out. And I'm like, I want to, this is one of those things I want to do immediately just for also like a a day when you feel like you need to pump yourself up, you can go back and look at your recipe. So we're doing this improve it peeps. We're doing this. Okay. So this recipe now we have this secret sauce. We know our secret sauce and it starts to help us understand ourselves more. It helps us show up more. So why is, self-love so important when it comes to how we show up at work? Being your own advocate, championing yourself, sharing your strengths, these talents, the secret sauce with others is a form of self-love. I think so often there's this myth that I think is infecting workplaces all over the world right? It's any country you live in, any company you work for. I feel like there's this myth that, you know, so many of us believe that my work will speak for itself, that my boss knows all the amazing projects that I'm completing on time and on budget. You know, I'm doing all this great work. Obviously, people know what I'm doing. And that is a myth that I just want to blow out of the water. Because yeah. it's not true, right? We are all so busy with our own stuff that sometimes our, our managers, our leaders, they don't have a full, they don't have the full range and understanding of everything we're doing. So it's up to us to showcase ourselves, to, to articulate all the amazing things that we're doing, the projects, the people we're developing, the clients we've just landed. It's up to us to articulate that and being a little bit bolder, feeling that freedom to showcase yourself, to sell yourself. And I use my air quotes here, but I really want people and and myself, it's been a journey of owning this, of being more comfortable with selling ourselves. That is a form of self-love. It really is because you're owning your worth. You're owning your value um, every day at work. And that's that matters. I love what you just said. And I always keep it real with our Improve It peeps. We had a technical difficulty, but we are back. And so we are talking about why self-love is so important when it comes to the way we show up for work. So I love these answers because 
it really does define our own sort of branding. And I will tell you, I've been on my own personal self-love discovery. It took me a very long time, aka 39 years to get here, but I am here. And for me, it's really about standing in that power and know that I know who I am and communicating that outwardly. And some people might call this personal branding, right? So what would you say? So, Because there's this whole buzzword of personal branding all over LinkedIn and the interwebs. What are some of the common misconceptions that you might hear about personal branding? Oh, that is arrogant. That how dare yeah. you think you can, you know, personal branding is, is very conceited. It's arrogant. It's showy. It's salesy, right? Oh, it's only for the salespeople. They have to sell themselves in front of the clients. I think that's a huge myth. The truth is we all need to sell ourselves. Um, you know, and if we remember, go back to the reason here, here here's something. Go back to the reason of why we're doing this, right? Of, of, from self-love, why it's important for us to own our value, our worth, our talents. It's actually less about us and more about the people we can serve. So if you think about it this way, this is a one way I feel we can take personal branding and maybe turn it on its head is it's coming from a place of we instead of an I. So if you have a strength or talent that can positively impact the people around you and you're not speaking it, you're keeping it on mute, you're stealing value from people who need it. Oh, yeah. It's about when people know the value that you bring, then they know how to tap into you, when to come to you for help, right? When to lean on you. And that's that's key. So I think the more that we can own it and the more that we can sell it, <laughs> yeah, the more, the more people we can help. So oh. come from the place of we. I I needed to hear that today. Truly. That I hope serves so many people. So it's we not me. I love that and I love this concept of service, right? And so this is so this kind of goes hand in hand. So you and I both are entrepreneurs, business owners, speaker all the things speakers. And I will tell you this, I first started putting myself publicly outwardly online and sort of coming out from behind the business in 2020 because I had to. And I was really sort of uncomfortable with that. And that's why I deemed myself a failfluencer because I had no idea what I was doing. And it was just fail after I was like, what am I doing? I don't know. And I will tell you that a friend of mine and a colleague in our space, she said, I said, this just feels so unnatural. It feels not like a thing that I'm used to, it feels uncomfortable. And she said, if you don't sell yourself, no one else will. So true. And that stuck with me. And I was like, you know what? You are right. And then I had to go through a period of ego to flip to authentic self and, and figure out how that, you know, this wasn't, I'm not trying to get a million followers. I'm really just trying, if I can serve one person, to serve that one person, right? And so anyone listening today, if this self-branding and self-love sounds selfish, it's actually the opposite. You are actually, by loving yourself more, giving to everyone in your 
orbit? And that's my next question, which I might have answered, but I would love your take on it. How are self-love and self-branding congruent? How are they together and one in the same? Oh, yeah, I think you answered. That's perfect. I, like I didn't mean to, but I... No, are you, oh, yes, I love it. It's just all coming together, connecting yes. the dots immediately, right? Um, it's, it's self-love and branding. They equal each other, right? One leads to the other. And and I love what you said earlier, the advice your friend gave you, Erin, because that is spot on. And it, it reminds me of this quote that's been kind of a memory hook in my mind. I think it's from um, a boxer named Bernard Hopkins. He says, if you don't own your worth, if you don't know your worth, you don't own it, somebody will tell you your worth and it'll be less than your worth. <laughs> right? Oh. So if we don't own it ourselves, then we give our power away. We give our power away in performance reviews, when we're going for that next role, when we're trying to get top talent into our teams. And it's like, stop doing that. You know, own it. And yes, it's going to feel terrifying. You're going to feel, you know, butterflies in your stomach. You're going to get a little sweaty. <laughs> you know, yeah. when we take risks, when we need to be brave and courageous, when we need to step out onto the stage and have the spotlight on us, it can feel terrifying. That is normal, especially for women and underrepresented minorities because they see so few of others doing that, right? So I think that's why it's especially important for people of color and, and women. So just know that you're not alone. Everyone feels that fear. So I think the advice there is to do it anyway. To feel the fear and do it anyway, because the the reward is way bigger than than the risk, right? It's worth the risk that you're taking. I love that. I lo- okay, first of all, that quote is amazing. If you don't know your worth, someone will tell it to you and it'll be less than what your worth is or something. I might have botched it, but that's at the point, right? And then feel the fear and do it anyway. That, can I tell you, is something one of my greatest improv teachers used to tell us on repeat is follow the fear, feel the fear, and do it anyway. And I mean, can't tell you how the the improv world and this personal professional development world just collided for me right there in that moment. But that is so true. And I love too, you have given the permission slip to so many women and minorities to be doing this. Like you should feel so much love in yourself, Tanya, because not you're, I hope it's the boomerang effect. I hope you're putting it out there and then you feel it back because this work is so important. It's so important. And I'm so grateful you and your company exist. We're going to give links to that at the end. I just, I, I want to keep on this path though of self-love and owning your highest, truest self, your own self-power, your own stories. So let's say somebody has some difficult stories. How how can you, I guess the question is, can you give advice to someone listening today who might say, hey, I have some stories and I have some things that I need to process and own, but I'm willing to do that because I know that the outcome of self-love is so great. How, what was, what would be a piece of advice you would say to that person? Oh, I love it. Well, let, let's, let's build on what you said earlier, Aaron, about the permission slip, right? Yeah. You know, you, you, first of all, thank you for that acknowledgement. Like this work is so important. And, um, 
we feel like we need to go into a meeting and give permission slips to others. But what if before you walk into that meeting, you wrote a permission slip for yourself, kind of setting that intention of I'm going to give myself full permission to be outspoken in this meeting, to be the first one to speak, to challenge anything, um, you know, I feel really needs to be challenged to say some to, to pitch an idea before I have it fully vetted in my head. You know, sometimes that we have to make it perfect in our head and then say it out loud. But by that yeah. time, somebody has already said it. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Uh, you know, what if we wrote physically wrote out permission slips for ourselves before we go into meetings or a big presentation or an interview? Like that could be one way to guarantee self-love. Mm. Right. You can guarantee mm. that self-love yeah. by doing that. Um, I love that. And I think that it's really important to remember that you are not alone. Sometimes it can feel lonely. You know, if you're the only person on that engineering floor or the newest person in, in a team meeting, it can feel isolating. It can feel lonely. You could, you, you need to find that courage. And I will always remember being in a training a few years ago. Um, there was an $80 billion tech firm and there was 40 executive women in the room. And I remember there was a woman who very senior woman. Uh, we were in a two day training, like boot camp, all, you know, discussing networking and building social capital in, in the workplace. And this one lady was sharing a story about how she felt coming back from maternity leave and how she wasn't sure she was going to get the support from her all male team. But when she was brave enough to put place boundaries, to articulate boundaries about when she needed to be home or why she couldn't take this 6.30 PM meeting, she was really pleasantly surprised at how supportive her team was. And her sharing that story had this chain reaction in the room because so many other women either had realized, oh, I wish I had done that. I had been in the exact same situation and I didn't say anything. And hearing your story, they, I guess they felt a little regret of why had I, had I been brave enough and had I articulated those boundaries, I could have received the support that I so needed at that time in my career. So I think that when we're able to share those stories, um, we inspire others to be brave. Um, and we also share those best practices, right? With, with each other. So it, it's key. We have to be braver. We have to share those stories. We have to create community around us um, by, by sharing. I love that so much. And I, it's funny you bring up maternity leave because you and I were chatting about that before we hit record today. The difference in Canada and the United States is maternity leave is very different. And I have <laughs> to be honest. I, I mean, sitting, listening to the story of the senior leader, it's, it is that permission slip. And it's also just, like you said, watching her unmute herself has such that ripple and the pond effect. And even though that story was probably really vulnerable and difficult for her to tell to a group of mostly men, she was able to, to lighten her load because of it. And sometimes just sharing those stories lightens the load for you just a little bit. And if you can lighten that load and how see how good that feels and be a megaphone for other women and minorities to do the same, 
You're, it's, a, it's a triple yeses. It's yes all the way around. Everyone wins. So yes, I love this so much. And you brought this up um, when we were conversing about you coming on the show about International Women's Day, which is coming up on March 8th, and showcasing ourselves more and really allowing and giving ourselves permission and freedom to do that. So what is one way that you can give our audience today to showcase ourselves more as we go into March 8th, but also all year? Oh, I love this. Yes. Okay. So the theme for International Women's Day this year is embrace equity. So let's embrace our stories. Let's embrace our own career path. Let's embrace our aspirations and share them. So I kind of want to put a challenge out to everyone listening as we roll up and prepare for International Women's Day. Think of one game-changing decision in your life, you know, either in your career or in life, and be vulnerable and courageous enough to share that with someone who you think needs to hear it. That could be your all-male team. That could be your children around the dinner table. That could be your best friend who's having a, who's struggling right now at work or in life. You know, think of someone who really needs to hear it and share it because then we can create this ripple effect of um, people recognizing that they're not alone and that they have this incredible village of best practices and wisdom to tap into. Um, and I think when we can do that, that can be a really powerful thing around the globe. Amen. Here's the choir. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I, that is, we're going to stay tuned for the end for your tangible homework and prove it peeps, but could not have imagined a better assignment. So love that so much challenge accepted everyone. We're doing it. Okay. So I want to ask you this question and this is sort of new for me. So I am putting something into the world. It's creative. I'm not sure what it is yet, but the name of it is I see you. Okay. What do you think of? Because I feel like we're just are, we have so many synergies and, and similarities and core values are similar. What do you think of when you hear the words, I see you? I see you. I feel intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I see you. It's empathy, understanding, connection. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that hits for me. And I, I truly feel like the work that you do helps others see and connect to themselves and to their teams and their communities and their organizations. So this, you embody that phrase for me. I was so, I, I really wanted to hear your answer to that. So they gave me a little bit of a chill bump. So thank you. And let me ask you this. How does owning your own value and truly loving yourself lead to more authentic leadership and connection between leaders and their teams? Oh, well, first of all, I feel like it is my like life purpose. It's the reason I'm here right, is to help others be seen, be heard, much like you, to own their value and to love the journey. Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, I love it. So, so it's, a, it's a bit of that living by example. I want to be somebody who's known for doing what she said she's going to do. 
drinking the Kool-Aid herself and to, to demonstrate that I want to own my worth in every way, shape or form. And that means being risky in business, <laughs> yes. going for it, right? Like flying across the world, doing a TEDx talk, yes. um, you know, speaking on stages with, with, with uh, Maria Schreiber and Ashley Judd and Jane Fonda um, and really taking big risks. Um, because I want to own my, my birth. I want to, I want to do what I say I'm going to do. Um, and, and be, and show that if I can do it, anyone else can do it too. Um, so that's huge. And I think it's so important for women and underrepresented minorities just to own their story, whatever that is, just know that there is room for it and that it serves no one to be sitting around a dinner table, um, across from anyone else in a team meeting, virtually or live, and to be on mute. It serves no one to keep your brilliance bottled inside of you. I love that so much. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I need you. I need you. And I also, I watched your TED Talk. You are so fantastic. We're going to put the link to that in the show notes. So you have done some so, so many incredible things. You are really owning that. You own yourself. You own who you are. You showcase it with the world. You're off mute, which I love. And I know you have your hand in many different things. Okay, there's lots of pots cooking and you're a new mom to a beautiful five-month-old girl and you have a lot of things going on. What are some of the ways that you show yourself self-love in the form of self-care? Are there things that you do? Yeah, I love Zumba. Like for me, dancing helps me get back to my body, gets me really present and it is pure joy and bliss. So it's blasting some music. I've got a great YouTube playlist. It is busting it out, you know, in my basement. Dancing yes. hard. <laughs> whenever yes. I do, yes, whenever I do get the moment, I will go dancing out with my sisters or with some girlfriends and just, ah, oh, pure joy. Pure joy. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm coming to Canada. We're friends. Oh, We're like basically come. like best friends now. Let's so, okay. go. Let's okay. go dance right. party. Dance party. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. What else? Is there more? Is there more? Oh, I mean, okay. So I do have from Christmas, I have this box of Ferrero Rochers in my office and I'm not going to lie. Anytime I get the small pleasures, I will go and enjoy a little Ferrero Rocher and a chocolate. And I'd say right now for self-love, one of my favorite things right now, because also where I'm in my life journey is seeing my little five-month-old baby Isabella smile. Like, just, oh, oh my gosh, lights me up. I found her tickle spots. And oh. the giggle from a little, this this baby is just, oh, melts me. So that it is just- you, right? Oh, just, it just gets me. Gets me. Oh, <laughs> it's pure I love, love and joy. And I'm very grateful. Oh. You know, I'm very grateful during the pandemic, be working from home to be able to go upstairs and get, you know, that, that those infusions of bliss <laughs> from oh her. God. There is nothing better. And truly, I feel like in those months, right, you're like, I'm giving so much. I'm giving, just give me a smile. Please give me a smile. And then you get it and you're like, oh. Thank God. It. It's so good. Exactly. Worth it. Okay. This is just pure because I'm a nerd and I love routines. Do you have a morning routine? Do you have anything that yes. you do? And I know this is harder probably now than it was oh, yeah. pre-Isabella. So, okay. what Do you have anything you do to start your day? Oh, Aaron, 
I had an amazing morning routine. Now I'm really trying to figure out what it looks like, you know, postpartum. But before my morning routine was I wake up at 530. um, There's three components. I I really am one of my mentors, Robin Sharma, talked a lot about three components. So the first one was exercise, did about 15 minutes of exercise. Oh, sorry. First, drink a glass of water, wake up all your organs, let's hydrate. Then 15 minutes, you know, some exercise then learning and growth. So for me, I really like uh, meditation, got a nice YouTube playlist of meditation um, or EFT, like tapping, um, do some affirmations and then a little bit of learning. So I will listen to read a book, read one of the, one of the or listen to an audiobook or a podcast. So those three components of moving your body, you know, fueling your spirit and then kind of growing yourself. And, and those are, it was true to my values. Um, and I got to say, as an entrepreneur, you know, you have freedom and flexibility of your schedule. And that morning routine got me jumping out of bed. It took a while to learn to get, to get up at 5.30 a.m. But, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I felt so energized and it really helped boost the energy and the motivation and that, that kind of gumption um, in the morning. So it was solid. Uh, and I, I will get back to that. <laughs> I will get yes, back to will. it. You will. I love that so much. And I know we need to talk about, I feel like we could do a whole other episode of like how you get yourself up at 530 because I'm trying to do that. And it is so I'm 615. That's like the earliest for me. I'm like, okay, (laughs) but I'm trying. I'm trying. So I love that you, I mean, and you will incorporate it. You're going to find that way. It's a habit. It's something you're going to bring back into your life. Last question. And you might've heard this because you've listened to the show, but I always ask guests, we always say that improve it is that it is that thing. And you might've even mentioned this, but I just want to solidify it. The it is the thing that you are brought here on this earth to do. What is Tanya's it? It's that freedom and that permission to be yourself, to own your awesomeness. I love that. And full circle moment too. Full and, circle. Yeah. Let's take it. Own yes. It. Yes. Own, your, own, own it. Your awesomeness. Own your story. Own oh. what you're here to do. Yeah. I think when we live that, we help others find their way and live that too. That's it. That is it. Okay. So tell our audience if they want to learn more about you, if they want to learn more about your amazing company, all of the things. We'll drop links in the show notes, but tell us where we can find you. Awesome. Well, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, Tanya Dessa. Uh, check out our website, dessagloballeadership.com. We've got some videos and resources, books and things, everything that we recommend over there. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Dessa Global Leadership. But yeah, please reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time and I would love to connect to spark conversations and, and to hear what your, you know, how you're owning it. <laughs> yes. Okay. We're going to drop all of that in the show. And I have to tell you, Tanya, this conversation, I could have had it for two hours and I'm, I'm sure everyone listening could continue to listen because it's so great. You have given us so much. You've taken this time, you've poured wisdom into us. And I know you've done that so that we can now take that and pour that energy, that self-love into our teams and to others. So I see you, Tanya. We see you, Tanya. Keep going. And thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much, Erin. This was amazing. And if I can, as I was we end, I'd like to give you three words. 
You know that exercise that earlier? Can I yes. ask you the three words? Okay. Playful. Number one, you are it's amazing, playful energy. Um, pure joy. Like Aww. you, your, your facial expressions, your tone of voice, everything, pure joy. And this, oh, what's the, what's the word? It's consciousness. I feel so seen and heard. I feel like this consciousness that you have. This awareness, beautiful awareness of the people around you and anybody you're in conversation with. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Well, all of my fake eyelashes are falling off my face because <laughs> I am crying. So thank you so much. And that means the world to me. And I can I give you three words? Are you Absolutely. ready? Can we yeah, do this? Let's do this. Okay. I'm gonna say light, like you radiate just. You just give the same joy, type of word joy, but it, I, I want to call it light because I just feel like you see the world around you in a beautiful way and you're you're here to help us do that as well. I'm going to also say, um, oh man, the word, I don't want to use the same word that keeps coming up, but it's almost like permission. And through that, I saw like this like mouth, like megaphone, like you give us permission to speak out into the world and you really do embody that. Like your message is you. So it's not, it's so true to who you are. And then also, I just want to tell you like your presence, you are present. Like your gift is fully being present and owning that space and being here in the moment. So thank you so much. That was Truly, I didn't expect that at the end, and I don't know why it really made me cry. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I received those. Thank you so much. That was such a gift. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll be friends forever. Improve it, peeps. I know you loved listening to this episode as much as I loved speaking with Tanya, so we will have you back at some point soon. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to. Thanks, Erin. Improve it, peeps. I am just so honored to have had that conversation. And I can't even tell you how surprised I was when she said, let me give you those three words. That literally made me cry. And I want to encourage you to ask the people in your life the three words that they would use to describe you. And then throw a curveball at them. Give them the three words that you would use to describe them. I just really loved receiving that. And I loved giving her the three words as well. So we talked so much in this episode about hitting that unmute button, giving permission to yourself so that you can give the permission slip to others and really discovering what your secret sauce is. I loved the challenge that Tanya gave us to share a vulnerable story in your life because you never know who might need to hear it. So that's your homework for today. Figure out a very vulnerable story that you know has the power to connect, inspire, and transform someone else's life and share it, whether it's in a team meeting, whether it's at a dinner, whether it's at a roundtable discussion in a conference room. Our stories matter. And when you own your value, you have the ability to change the world. Improve it, peeps. This one is for the books. I am just floored, motivated, inspired, 
and just hope you are as well. Remember to keep failing, keep improving, because this world needs that very special it that only you can bring. I will see you here next week. Bye. Hey friend, did you enjoy today's show? If so, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, did I mention that when you leave a five-star review of the Improve It podcast, an actual team of humans does a happy dance? Mm-hmm, that's right. So leave a review for us on iTunes, screenshot it, and send me an email at info at learntoimproveit.com. I'll send you a personalized video back as a thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Improve it, peeps. I'll see you next Wednesday. Wednesday.